we're going to start in 1 Chronicles chapter 14. This is where we've been the last few weeks. And if you didn't listen to last week's uh, message, you need to listen to the podcast. Rob did an amazing job uh, talking about, man, breakthrough and the things that it takes to experience breakthrough in your life. And I'm so thankful for the, the ministers in this house that don't just preach a cool word, but really find the heart of God. Because we're living in a very important season. And if we're not fully armed and aware, or aware and armed, we can really get knocked around, beat up, be frustrated, and not conquer, rule, and reign like God has created us to. And so I applaud you for being at church this morning because our job as ministers is really to do our best to take the voice of God, the purpose of God, the mission of God, to declare it, to equip you to go into your world. You will be somewhere tomorrow that I will not be. You will be at a place of employment tomorrow where I won't be. You'll be hanging out with people where I will not be there. You will be. You are the appointed, God-gifted, God-called person for that exact environment that you're in. You know, I think a lot of times we're praying, God, get us out of this. Get it out of this. I'm working with a bunch of heathens. They just talk about each other all the time, and they're, they're, it's, it's horrible. Just get me out of here. God, why do I have to go to this school? This school's horrible. Why can't you put me in a better school? I hate this place. And we want out of the place that God has assigned us to. So I want to encourage you to you are at the right place at the right time. So let's just accept the assignment. Say, God, I say yes to whatever and whoever you have for me to encounter today. Because God wants to take over this valley with his love. And the only way he can do that is through you and through me. So we're in the right place this morning. In 1 Chronicles chapter 14, it's telling the story about, you know, David leading his army. And it says here that they went up to Belperism and David defeated them there, the army there said, then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of that place Bel Perism. And I like this right here. And this is where we've been talking about is God broke through, but he did it by David's hand. We know that Micah calls God the breaker or the Messiah who opens the way. Do any of you in this room need the breaker to show up in your life? Yeah, we all do. We all have areas in our life where we would like to see breakthrough. Then some of us have areas in our life where we must see breakthrough. There's certain parts of our life where like, man, I'd really like to see breakthrough in that area. Man, I really wish I had breakthrough in that area. Then there's some in this room who are like, if I don't see breakthrough in this area, this is a, a, a must for my life. I will not live, I will not function, I will not prosper unless I see the God of the breakthrough show up in my life. We need the God of the breakthrough in our life. But God does it. He does it by my hand, with my involvement. But this is the issue. In the world that we live in, we think that breakthrough or miracle should pop up out of nowhere 
just because we want it or just because I need it. Just because I want it, just because I need it, breakthrough should show up in my life. I don't know about you, but in our natural flesh nature, we do not like process. We do not like process. And we have it. In the, in the culture, in the society, and the day, 2024, that we live in, we have it so easy because the process of a lot of things has been taken care of for us. I'm so thankful that I don't live, you know, uh, 80 years ago, 100 years ago when, I, when they had to actually take the laundry, right, and take it out in the backyard and dip it in a bucket and, and make their own soap, right? Some of y'all homestead and you're all about your lie and your, you know, natural goat milk and God bless you. That's awesome. I'll buy it from you because I do not like the process of that. So there's certain things in our life I'm so thankful that the process of it has been taken care of, right? But some of y'all won't even bake a cake if it doesn't come out of a box, right? I am not cooking wings today. I'm ordering wings today. I didn't go shoot a chicken, pluck it, pluck it, cut off his poor two little wings. Two little wings from that one chicken. Some of y'all eating like 20 chickens dying for you today right? But the process has been taken away. But if we're not cautious, we think that God should operate by our USA 2024 process. That, man, if I can't have it now, (sighs) seriously? Seriously? But I want it right, like right now because of the process. There's so many things that we won't do because of the process. I love those big, fat, I think they call them yeast rolls. Thanksgiving, any other yeast roll lovers, those dinner rolls that are super, you could like, you squish it and it goes flat like a pancake because there's so much air on the inside. But when they're hot and they come out of the oven, whoo, put a little bit butter, so, so good. I decided that I was going to make that one Thanksgiving. I have never made a yeast roll before in my life. But I decided, because other people seem to make it look easy, the process look easy, I should be able to do that. Man, I get, I get all the ingredients. I start mixing, and I'm like, what is this sticky, globby mess? Then you're supposed to put it on a, on a floured board and roll it on a rolling pin. Well, as soon as I stuck the rolling pin on it, it all rolled up on top of it. I'm like, forget this. Thank the Lord Jesus I had frozen rolls in the freezer, and I could take them out and act like I made them, Right? Because the process, nobody likes or enjoys the process, but with God, with breakthrough, there's always going to be a process that requires your involvement. I know you don't like it. I know you don't like it. And this is why there's frustration. This is why we're frustrated. This is why we don't see what God promises that we should see. We don't see the breakthrough in our life because we want God to do it all. And I don't want to be involved. Can you just do it for me? You do it for me. Can you do it for me? You do it. Now, let me teach you how to tie your shoe. No, you just do it. Fine, I'll just buy you Velcro shoes. For breakthrough to happen, David, for David, he had to participate in the process. The Bible says this, the verse earlier in 2 Chronicles 14, 10. 
It says, so David inquired of the Lord. And we're all about that, right, prayer? How many would agree that prayer is important? Yes, 100,000% inquiring of God, praying, super important. David inquired of the Lord. He prayed. He said, well, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord told him, go, I will deliver you. David had to get past the part of just praying about it to actually doing it. Now, we just get stuck at the prayer part because, again, we think if I prayed, God should do it. If I prayed, it should happen. If I prayed, I should see it. If I prayed, the answer should come. If I prayed, come on, God, you know my need. If I pray, you should answer me and be there for me. And God wants to break through, but he does it by your hand. So for breakthrough to happen, David had to participate, not just pray. Now, this is going to help us today. For breakthrough to happen in our life, we can't just stop at prayer. We can't just stop at inquiring of God. We have to participate and set our hand to do something. So God told David, go. And we find in the next chapter, so they went. God told David, go. So David went. And at the end, he said, God broke through like a mighty water, and he did it by my hand because I participated with what he told me to do in prayer, and we saw the victory happen. God has always wanted and needed our participation. Always. In Genesis chapter 1, verse number 28, very beginning of the Bible, when God started creating everything, he got to the place where he created man, and it says God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over everything that moves on the earth. He says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. Those are all action, effort, by my hand, words. God didn't say, oh, Adam, y'all awesome. You just chill in the garden. Let me do everything for you. I just need somebody just to sit there and chill. I just need somebody just to hang out with me. No. God created man to participate with God to see his purpose and plan accomplished on this earth. He has to have our involvement. He's always wanted it that way. A working together. A working together. So we see David in this battle. He says, you know, God showed up and by my hand, we know that David went to battle and by his hand, God brought victory, right? Got the answer in prayer. God said, go. He went. Here's another battle. Second Chronicles chapter 20. It says, after this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Munites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and they told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They're already at En Gedi. Jehoshaphat, he was terrified by the news. He was terrified. He was terrified about his opposition. It says, and he begged the Lord for guidance. So what did he do? He prayed, right? 
the way he put it, it sounds like a lot of our prayers, right? We beg the Lord for God, please. God, please help us. God, we need help. God, my marriage needs help. God, my money needs help. God, my kids, you know my kids, they need help. God, you know my mind is going crazy right now. We need this world, God, we need help. And begging God for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all over the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. So what did they do? They prayed. Say that. Say they prayed. Yeah, they prayed. They asked God for guidance. We're good at that part. Oh, God, help me. Even those who are not believers in Christ Jesus. You hear it out of their mouth. Oh, God, help. Oh, dear God, help me. Oh, Jesus, help me, right? God, help me. Then it goes on in verse 12. Oh, our God, why? Oh, no, oh, our God, won't you stop them? Come on, get me out of this. Won't you stop them? We're powerless against the mighty army that is about to, to attack us. They said, we don't know what to do, but we're looking to you, God, for help. So they're praying. They're seeking God for help. Then God shows up, and he's going to give, an answer, give them some direction. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Oh, thank the Lord. I don't have to fight. Whoo, this is what I was asking for. God, it's not my battle, it's your battle. Thank you. I can sit on my couch, I can surf Netflix, I can go to YouTube. Oh, God, thank you that you're going to fix it. I'm just, yeah, whoo, this is awesome. God, thank you. Thank you. Battle's not mine, it's God's. I don't have to do anything. Not true. Not true, my friends. He says, tomorrow... The battle not yours, it's God's. But tomorrow, march out against them. What? Come on. Wait, I thought it was your battle, not mine. March out against them. You'll find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens to the wilderness of Jeruel. But you won't need to fight. Just take your position. Suit up and take your position. In other words, in other words be ready. Be ready to fight. Be ready to fight. Put on that armor. Get that helmet of salvation, that breastplate of righteousness. You better gird your loins with truth. I know I've defeated the enemy for you. I know I've already, I've already put him in his place, but you better stand up and you better take your position and you better position yourself for battle. Now, the battle ain't going to be yours. It's going to be the Lord's, but you better position yourself. You better position yourself. It says, tomorrow, march out against them. You'll find them. Take your positions and then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He's with you. People of Judah and Jerusalem, don't be afraid and discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow. 
Just because the battle's not yours, it's the Lord's, doesn't mean that you have, don't have a part to play. It's all up to God. God can fight it for me. God can take care of it for me. Oh, yes, he can, but you still have to position yourself. You still have to take up your weapons. You still have to go and you have to stand there. You have to stand still and you have to watch. You have to be armed for battle. You have to go up against them for the Lord is with you. So God gave them instructions. The battle isn't yours. It is the Lord's. Doesn't mean just hang out here and chill. You still have to take your position, get in battle formation to stand and watch. Verse number 20, it says, early the next morning, the army of Judah went. They went to the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. He's all, believe in the Lord. So the leader of the army, he's turning to the people who are following. Believe in the Lord. You'll be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you'll succeed. Jehoshaphat had to refocus the fighters because they don't, they're not used to fighting like this. This is a whole new way of doing things. He's like, listen, we're going to do what the prophet of God said. And if you believe the prophet and do what the prophet has asked you to do, we're, we're going to succeed. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. It's not our normal way of fighting. Believe the Lord. We're about ready to win. So it says, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers. How you fight with singers? To walk ahead of the army. Some of y'all think, well... Trust me, if I sing, it is a weapon. <laughs> Some of y'all sing amazing, and that's a weapon. Some of y'all sing, mm, not so good, and that could be a weapon too. Please stop singing, right? So God appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord, praising him for his splendor. This is what they sang. They sang, give thanks to the Lord. His faithfulness, his faithful love endures forever. And at the very moment, they began to sing and give praise the Lord of the breakthrough, the breaker showed up and caused the armies of Ammon to start fighting among themselves. He turned the enemy against itself. God broke through by their hand because God gave them a plan. They said yes to the plan. They went and they did it. The Lord of the breakthrough broke through and caused the enemy to start turning on another, on one another. Let's look at the children of Israel. You're not bored yet, are you? You better not be bored. Children of Israel, y'all going to get beat up in this world if you're bored right now. Let me just tell you that. If y'all bored here in the Word, can I tell you, you are going to be poorly equipped for what you have to face tomorrow. Don't be coming up here, standing in this line, saying, Pastor Sheree, please play for me. Because Pastor Sheree will pray for you. But then I'm going to ask you, were you bored in service when I was preaching? Because if you were bored in service when I was preaching, you didn't learn how to use your weapon. And no wonder the enemy is knocking your teeth out. All right. So children of Israel, they were taken from Egypt, place of slavery, right? Y'all read the book, saw the movie, somehow you heard the story. Taken from a place of slavery, on their way to the promised land, their first encounter. Man, they step out, they have them, they're positioned in an impossible situation, right? They got an enemy coming from behind, and they're right up at a sea where there's no place to go. 
No place to go. The enemy was behind them. The sea was in front of them. In Exodus 14, it says, the Egyptians chased after them with all the forces of Pharaoh's army. All the forces of the biggest army at that time. All the forces. Not a few troops, all the forces. All his horses and chariots, his charioteers, his troops, and the Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as their camp behind the shore, beside the shore. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked. I would have, right? We all would have, right? Yeah. I mean, some of you, you know, they're getting ready to lay off people at your work, and you you got a big mortgage payment because you just bought this brand new house and the boat and the car, and you just signed up your kid to Christian school, and you got all this debt, and they're getting ready to lay somebody off, and you're about ready to panic. Why? Because there's a red sea of impossibility in front of you, and the enemy's coming behind you. The doctor just gave you a horrible report that, man, no one you know has ever survived it. And you're like up against this sea of impossibility and the words that you were just, were just spoken over you and your natural man, the natural you of who you are, yeah, panic. Starts to panic. That's what they're, they're starting to freak out. They're starting to panic. When they saw the Egyptians overtaking them and they cried out to the Lord, not a bad thing to do. Not a bad thing to do. We all would cry out to the Lord. That's the first thing we all should do. We should always inquire of the Lord. They cried out to the Lord, but then it got a little bad because then they looked to Moses and they started saying, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough grave? Look at the sarcasm, right? Why did you bring out his, here to die? Weren't there enough graves in Egypt? They could bury us all there. It's funny when pressure comes and we panic, we want to blame things, right? We start blaming. How do you know that you're not looking at the right thing? Because you're blaming the people around you for the place that you're in. He says, what have you done to us? Why did you make us leave? Didn't I tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Moses told the people, okay, he's like, don't be afraid. Stand still. Watch the Lord rescue you right? Okay, stand still. Watch the Lord rescue today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Just stay calm. He's trying to keep the people calm. I would too if there's three million people. I mean, tons of people out there following me, right? Just stay calm. I love this. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying? What in the world are you doing? Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Stop playing into this. Oh, poor baby, you're so sitting wrong. I'm so sorry. Just sit, be patient. God's going to take care of it for you, baby. God's going to take care of you. It's going to be okay. I know it's big water in the front and the enemy in the back, but let's just see what God's going to do. You know what God said? Shut the crying up. Dry up your tears and start moving. See, some of us in this room are like, Come on now. See, some of you don't like this because you don't like anybody telling you to stop crying. Stop crying. But I feel stop crying. Yeah, but I don't. Stop crying. Quit being a big fat baby. Stop crying. Stop crying. Again, I'm going to tell you this. Tomorrow, you're going to get your, you're going to, you're going to be in big trouble if you don't stop crying. 
If you don't stop crying and you don't stand yourself upright and you don't know who Jesus Christ has made, that he has made you free and that he's given you authority to stomp on, the, on Satan and all the opposition that's coming at you, Satan don't care how much you cry. Aww. He don't care how much you cry. He don't care how much you whine. He wants you to sit in the corner with your blankie and your pillow and your binky and all that stuff. He wants you to be there. He wants you to feel bad. He wants you to be sad because when you're sad and you feel bad, you won't get up and you won't move your feet. Wipe your tears. Everybody, do this. Because we've all been here. We've all been here. I cried last week. I could have stayed there. I, could, I wanted to. I could have pulled over my blankie and feel like it wasn't fair. And I misunderstood. And man, it's not working for me. And God, where are you? And I'm preacher's wife. I'm just doing my best. Hmm. Enemy wanted me to stay there. He got really scared when I stood up and I got dressed today, put on my white pants and my 49er shirt. I said, uh-uh. This girl ain't gonna cry. No, because she knows who she is and so do you. God wants to break through whatever you're going through, but he can only do it if you stand up and say, God, you got my hand. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. He said, pick up your staff, raise your hand, divide the water. God gave him some clear instructions. Stop praying, start moving. Stop praying, start moving. I'm praying about it. Stop praying, start moving. Well, I'm just going to pray about that. Stop praying, start moving. You know why? Because most of the time when we say, I'm praying about that, we ain't praying. I'm just going to be honest. When I, I'm praying about that, I am not praying. I'll be praying. I'll pray about that. Hey, sister, you should. I'll pray about that. I'm not praying about that. I might wish for some things. I might hope for some things, but I am praying about that. Stop praying. Start moving. Stop praying. Start moving. Stop praying. Start moving. Then Moses raised his hand. The Lord opened up a path. The wind blew turning it into a seabed of dry, dry land, and the breaker broke through by Moses' hand. Breakthrough does not come without a word from the Lord, which is the word of God, by the way. Well, I'm not hearing nothing. It's because you ain't reading nothing. Yeah, but I'm not hearing God say nothing. Well, you're not reading nothing. If God ain't talking right here, you better read that word. <laughs> so breakthrough doesn't come without a word from God, the word of God, and a response to that word from me. Breakthrough will not come without a word from the Lord, the word of God, and a response to that word from you and me. Breakthrough doesn't come without a word from the Lord and a response to that word from me. I'm going to read two more short little stories. 
just to get the point across. Because you're all going to go home, you're going to watch that game, eat your chicken wing, and you're going to go, what'd she say again? Service was so good. Well, what'd she preach about? Uh, hold on a second. I think I took a note. Uh, something about something. I don't know. She was wearing 49 shirt. I don't know. She was yelling a lot. I don't know. We see in the Old Testament with Elijah and a widow. He's walking out. He's on his God sent him to this certain town, and he said, I want you to go there. And he walks through this town, and there's a widow woman who's outside. I want to say a joke my daddy used to always say, but I won't. Okay. It's just funny in my heart. I'm laughing. Okay, so the, 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 the little, the widow, the widow, widow woman, okay, was um, out <laughs> collecting sticks for a fire. And Elijah goes up there and says, hey, ma'am, can you go get me some water? And she says, uh, well, I'm going to go if, if I can get you some water. So she goes to get him some water. And he says, hey, can you bake me a cake? Take a little step further. Can you bake me a cake? While you're in there, can you make me a sandwich? Okay, so he said, can you bake me a cake? And so she goes and she starts, she says, sir, to be honest with you, I can go get you the water. I'm out here collecting sticks because this is my current situation. I have nothing. I have a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. I was planning, this was my plan. I was going to make a little cake for my son. We were going to eat it. We were going to die. And Elijah says this. He says, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. He says, go ahead and do what you said. But make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for you and your son. Because this is what the Lord says. Okay, here's the word from the Lord. The breaker is getting ready to talk. Give her her responsibility, right? He says, there will always be flour and oil left in your container until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the container, just as the Lord had promised. Now in the natural, would you go to the widow woman who were getting ready to eat her last meal to ask for something? No. In fact, if I did that, <laughs> if I did that, if I went to a certain woman's house who I knew was in lack, had a single mom, had nothing in her cupboards, nobody was coming by to offer her anything, and I, the woman of God, is going to come and ask her to make something for me? No. That, in our society, that wouldn't go over too good. But God spoke. God had bigger, God had better God spoke a word to this woman. She chose to believe that word. And by the power of her obedient hand, God was able to break through poverty and lack in her life. And she lacked nothing. Nothing. There was another widow. And Elisha. This current situation, the woman was in debt. Her husband was a follower of Jesus one of the prophets, one of the, a mighty man of God. He died. She was left in a lot of debt. They were getting ready to come and back then they repossessed kids. I know some of y'all wish you lived back then. Well, could just someone come repossess my children? <laughs> she didn't want that to happen, right? So she's telling the man of God, you know, she's like, he, she came to him and said, man, I, I, my husband, 
served you. My husband was a man, a follower after God. This is where I'm at. And this is what the man of God tells her. He says, borrow as many empty jars as you can. What? Wait. I don't have anything. Why would I borrow empty jars? My jars are already empty. Right? Makes no sense. Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go in your house with your son. Shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from the flask into the jars, setting each aside when it's filled. So she did. She did. She didn't look at it and go, that's just dumb. That's not going to make, it doesn't even make sense. I don't even like that. That's stupid. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to involve anybody else? I don't want any of these other people to know my situation. Why would I even want to go to my neighbors? They'd be looking at me like, why do you want these? What do you want them for? You know how neighbors are. What do you want them for? Why do you want mine? Wait, wait, why do you want them? If you want them so bad, maybe I should keep them. We're weird, aren't we? <laughs> so she did as she was told. Her son kept bringing jars, and she filled one after the other, one after the other, until the oil ran dry. She had a multitude. She was able to sell it, pay off her debt. Her kids were not repossessed, and she had more than enough. Why? Because the breaker broke through by her obedient hand. The last one, and we're going to close. Jesus shows up in his very, very first miracle. Y'all know it, right? Jesus shows up. He's, he was invited to a wedding. And so he goes to the wedding, and apparently they run out of wine, right? And so Jesus' mother's aware of it. So she comes to Jesus and looks at his, he says, hey, the, they, they ran out of wine. And Jesus is like, okay. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do, right? Okay, they ran out of wine. Hey, guys, they ran out of wine. Hmm. Okay, I, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, and he even told her, like, what am I supposed to do with that right now? So then his mother told the servants, do what he tells you to do. Do what Jesus tells you to do. So standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. That's a lot. Jesus told the servants, they have no wine, right? Jesus told the servants, I want you to go take these 20, uh, go take these uh, six water jars. I want you to fill them up with water. They're like, what? Go take the water jars and I want you to go fill them up with water. Okay, this is weird, but okay. They didn't know what he was gonna do with this water, by the way. They don't have the privilege of seeing what he did with this water, right? Otherwise, they'd probably be really excited about doing it. I don't know. Maybe they grumbled. Maybe they complained. I don't know what they did. I mean, what do your friends do when you say, hey, can you go get that for me? They're like, come on, dude. Can't you go get it yourself? Like, she's right. Fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out. Take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants, this is the, this is the key part right here, followed his instructions. Jesus told them to do something, and the servants followed his instructions. When the master of the ceremonies tasted the water, that was now wine, knowing where it came from, though, of course, the servants knew. Like, hey, we feel this with water. How's he drinking wine? I don't know how this just happened. 
He said, a host always serves the best wine. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive. But you have kept the best until now. In this story, there's so many things. Because he says, fill the jars with water, Jesus tells him, which average 150 gallons of water. That's a lot. I go to Walmart, get my gallon water jugs. How, many, how much can I like carry at one time? Well, two like a regular human, one in each hand. But no, because I try to empty every single thing in my car at one time. You know, I got two in one hand, one another, and it's all piled up, and you kind of are like... Fill the jars with water. It was a process. Say that. Say it was a process. Fill the jars with water. It was a process. There was no faucet. It took some time. It took some effort. It didn't make sense. They were out of wine, not water. But Jesus said to do it. Fill the jars with water. It was a process. There was no faucet. It took some time. It took some effort. It didn't make sense. But Jesus said to do it. It was a process. It took some time. It didn't make sense. But Jesus said to do it. I like what Rob did last time. They gave him the bread. He broke the bread. He gave it to, told him to sit down. He gave it to his disciples. He broke the bread. He took the bread. Take him to sit down. So I thought I would tap into my inner Rob and say to you, it was a process. It took some time. It didn't make sense. But Jesus said to do it. It was a process. It took some time. It didn't make sense. But Jesus said, do it. Y'all don't know what I got hidden down inside here. Woo-woo. But this is what I'm trying to say. In life, breakthrough will happen, but it happens by the work of your hand. You must ask God, inquire of the Lord, and then you must have an ear to hear and a heart and feet and a hand and a mouth that obeys. Breakthrough won't happen by you sitting on your hands, by you just sitting on your butt, doing nothing. Breakthrough happens by the work of your hand. God wants breakthrough in your family more than you do. God wants breakthrough in your health, in your money, in your marriage, more than you do, but he has to have your participation. He must have your participation. So right now in this room, where do you need breakthrough? Well, everywhere. No, pick one. Yeah, but I don't know which one. Just pick one. What's the biggest thing that keeps you up at night? My my family. Uh, my money, uh, probably my marriage, uh, probably my insecurities, my own fears, uh, maybe my purpose. Okay, so where is it that you're needing breakthrough in your life? I'm just gonna like pull it back and let's make it doable today, okay? Because it, it takes the work of your hand, not just us sitting by, okay, God, you know my marriage needs help. 
because we come down here and we ask for prayer. We have amazing faith-filled prayer workers who will pray in faith for you, but faith is action. When we pray for you, we're expecting you to do your part. If you're coming up here asking me for prayer for your marriage, I'm expecting you ain't cussing, you're gonna stop cussing him out every day, right? I'm expecting that you're gonna be what the Bible says you're supposed to be, and you're supposed to like do it by the might of, you know, let God break through by, by your hand. So what are two, one or, so what is it you're believing God for in your life? Where do you need breakthrough? What are one or two things that you can set your hand to in these areas? One of the main things is we can readjust our talk in everything. Whether you're believing God for your marriage, your family, your kids, whether you're believing God for your money, your physical body, whatever it is, one thing we can do is change our mouth. Let God use our mouth to see breakthrough in our life. So say I'm believing God for, I need breakthrough in my health, okay? Say it's me and I'm thinking, oh, I need breakthrough in my health. This is what happened, this is what I've been diagnosed with, this is what I've been battling. I need breakthrough in my health. God knows I need healing, please heal me, Jesus. No, we prayed. We know God is the breaker. We know he's working on our behalf, but he has to have my participation. This is what I know about the word of God. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 320, it says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep in your heart. They'll bring life to you who find them and they'll bring healing to your whole body. Okay, so the word of God is supposed to bring healing to my whole body if I keep it in my eyes and keep it in my heart and keep it coming out of my mouth. I know what I can set my hand to. I can type that word out in Proverbs and I can put it on my mirror. And every time I'm brushing my teeth, I can keep the word in front of my eyes. I'm giving God something to work with here. I'm giving God something to break through with here. I'm doing my part. Not just sitting, not just to hoping, hoping to wishing and praying, wondering, God, why God won't heal me. God has already provided healing for your body through the blood of Jesus on the cross. Now he's just needing our involvement. So that's one thing I could do. I could put that verse up there, keep it in my eyes and my ears. What's another thing I can do? Well, I know what I can do. I can set my hand to. I can stop asking myself how I feel and I'm going to start telling myself how I feel. I know what I can do. In the morning, instead of saying, how you feel today? You feel like getting out of bed? No, I know what I'll do. I'll start telling myself, Sheree, you feel great today. Uh, but I had, Sheree, you feel great today. You put your legs over that. You stand up. You go move, change positions. You go sit your butt on the couch instead of laying in this bed. That's another thing you can set your hand to. And then there's natural things. God will speak to your heart. You know, maybe I need to stop eating so much sugar. Maybe I need to, you know, stop binging on this and binging on that. Maybe I cut that, whatever. God will speak that to you. God will speak that to you. And when he does, can you be obedient to that? Because that's how breakthrough comes in your life. Every story we read, if they didn't follow and be obedient to what God told them to do, the breakthrough would not have happened. So we're not seeing, sometimes we're not seeing breakthrough in our life because we ain't doing our part. 
God wants to do so much more than what we know in your marriage breakthrough in my marriage can God restore your marriage yes do you have a part to play yes you can start with loving your spouse the first Corinthians chapter 13 kind of love keep no counter wrong that sucks if you set your hand God can break through by your hand so my encouragement to you wherever you're wanting breakthrough in the Word of God find what are two things that I can do? One or two things that I can set my hand to. And then let God speak to you from the outside. You know, well, maybe you should make the bed every day. Maybe you should help clean up the dishes. That might be help. You know, maybe you need to talk sweetly instead of being so sarcastic all the time. There's some natural things that you can do. And then you'll get through and you'll have breakthrough in your marriage. And it's just because you prayed? No. It's because God broke through by your hand. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 